Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice, all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. But there's something you can do about it. And we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets. I'm Leon Nafok, and I'm the host of Slow Burn, a podcast about Watergate. Before I started working on this show, everything I knew about Watergate came from the movie All the President's Men. You've probably seen it. But do you remember how it ends? Woodward and Bernstein are sitting at their typewriters, clacking away. And then there's this rapid montage of newspaper stories about campaign aides and White House officials getting convicted of crimes, about audio tapes coming out that prove Nixon's involvement in the cover-up. The last story we see is Nixon resigns. It takes a little over a minute in the movie. In real life, it took about two years. Five men were arrested early Saturday while trying to install eavesdropping equipment. It's known as the Watergate incident. The Democrats are making an issue out of it. The Republicans were fairly successful at making people think that the Watergate break-in was politics as usual. What was it like to experience those two years in real time? What were people thinking and feeling as the break-in at Democratic Party headquarters went from a weird little caper to a constitutional crisis that brought down the president? If you think of the whole thing as moving from a wellspring in the mountains to a stream, to a river, to all of a sudden this huge rushing gusher, at this point it was like a trickle. As I found out, those two years were littered with incredible stories that have been all but forgotten. There's the story of Martha Mitchell, the wife of Nixon's first attorney general. The break-in, that was the beginning of my being held a prisoner. The story of Curtis Prinz, congressional staffer who was one of the first people to investigate Watergate. It was at that time that I realized that this thing went directly into the White House. The story of Elizabeth Holtzman, the young congresswoman from New York, who reluctantly joined the House committee that went on to hold impeachment hearings for the president. You could be sure that I would have scratched and clawed to get on that committee if I had had an inkling of impeachment. But I had no inkling, and the powers that be had no inkling And I'm sure the president had no inkling either. In my career as a correspondent, I never thought I'd be announcing these things. We were kind of on a high. We'd never been through anything like this before, and we didn't know where it was going. The downfall of Richard Nixon was stranger, wilder, and more exciting than you can imagine. Over the course of eight episodes, this show is going to capture what it was like to live through the greatest political scandal of the 20th century. With today's headlines once again full of corruption, collusion, and dirty tricks... It's time for another look at the gate that started it all. Subscribe to Slow Burn now. The first episode will be available Tuesday, November 28th, wherever you get your podcasts.